What's up, world? Welcome back to the Professor T Show. I'm Professor T, the one and only. Glad that you're here. I want to, before I get talking, I want to send a couple of shouts out. You know, I want to send the shouts out to my brothers of Kappa Alpha Psi and all of the divine nine brothers and sisters that we had. I also want to send shout out to my boys down in Miami, MIA, out the DC, my nephews out in Houston, Chi Town, and of course, all the people in the D. All right. Glad that you're here. Ready to get real? Let's kick it, y'all. When I was with you last time, I kicked some knowledge to you about our history, right? I left out on Brown versus Board of Education, right? And we all understand the, the, the topic of segregation and that nonsense. But, um, I need to get a little bit more delicate with you and real. Because, see, when Brown Board of Education was decided, white people just decided they weren't going to follow the law. They said segregation is the law of the land down south, and we don't care what the court said. We're not letting black people in the schools. <clears throat> they got so crazy that they started lashing out at any and everybody. So, you know, my, my brother from Chicago decides to go visit his family down south in Mississippi because his mama let him go. And he goes down there and allegedly, allegedly, y'all, understand that word allegedly. That means that you really didn't do it when it comes to black people, okay? Allegedly. But allegedly he whistled at a white woman. Three men came to his uncle's house and dragged him out, beat him so bad. Tied his body to a tire iron and dropped him in the river. 14-year-old boy. His name was Emmett Till. Emmett Till. The strength of his mama to have an open casket to show the world what they did to her baby. You thought that America will rise up, right? America didn't give a shit. They didn't care whatsoever. They just went right on with their lives. But see, when good old Rosa, you know, Rosa Parks, decided that she was too tired and said she wasn't going to get up off of her seat and go to the back of the bus, think about it. If you black, you got to sit to the back of the bus simply because of the color of your skin. She just refused to do it. They arrested her. And they said that the civil rights movement started then. But hold on. See, this is where we 
have been conditioned. We get color struck and that sort of thing. Because, see, four years earlier, there was a lady by the name of Claudette Colvin who did the same thing that Rosa did. But, see, why didn't they use Claudette Colvin? Because she was dark-skinned, 15-year-old, and she was pregnant. Rosa was light-skinned. You see how we get color-struck ourselves? See how we got conformed? Forget Claudette because she's not the right image. You heard of these things, the NAACP Image Awards and we all into our image, how we look. Don't you understand? They don't care how we look. Doesn't matter. But I'm not going to digress too much on that. Let me go on. You know, Rosa sat down and great woman as she is. She was, I should say. And then the civil rights movement happened because then... Martin Luther King came, and Martin Luther King said, you know, we're not going to ride the buses. <laughs> so we started carpooling and walking and stuff like that. And then <laughs> Montgomery government, the city of Montgomery had to give in. You know why they had to give in? Because they were losing money. They didn't realize that the city was dependent on black labor like that. See, right then and there, we should have understood that it was all about economics. See? That's all they understand. It was never about civil rights because they're not civil people. You see? But that's the role that Martin took. And I don't blame Martin for that. Hell, Martin was a Capricorn like me, so I know what kind of man he was. I don't blame him for that. In fact, what I want you to do, because you got a lot of people calling Martin Luther King and Uncle Tom. Some people even call him Martin Luther Coon. But you know what? Take a look at the documentary, MLK versus the FBI, and then you come back and tell me was that man a coon when his life and his family's life is threatened every single day by our very government. Our very government. But see, there's another piece to this whole civil rights thing that you forget. See, you forgot about my brother Malcolm. See, Malcolm was kicking that knowledge, too. Malcolm was coming from the other end. Malcolm was talking about self-independence, self-reliance, not trying to integrate, all right? Now, I'm going to say something here that's very controversial, and this is not to um, devalue those who come before me it is not in any way. But I, lead, I believe, in the hearts of my hearts, y'all, that the civil rights movement as it was presented 
was the worst thing that ever happened to black people. You want to know why I say that? Because we were so busy trying to integrate into a world that didn't want us. Instead of create like we did back in the early 1900s. You know, the Black Wall Streets. Yeah, they destroyed them. They destroyed Tulsa and Rosewood. They did all that. They did that with violence. But they also destroyed other Black Wall Streets. You know, we had one here in the city of Detroit called Black Bottom. They did that with a government program. It's called the Freeway 375, you see? So they, they still destroyed it, but they wouldn't have done that had we focused our energies solely on building our community. So you had these competing forces, and that's what the way they put it, right? You had... Malcolm and you had Martin and the problem is that you all had the same goal in mind. You had the same goal in mind and that was what? Universal freedom. Absolute freedom. Spiritual freedom. And for all of the hollering and all of the marching and all the preaching that they did, you know what they did, y'all? They killed him. They killed Malcolm first because he was the more dangerous one. Then they killed Martin. You know why they killed Martin? Because Martin started, he wasn't talking about civil rights anymore. He was talking about economics. Economics, y'all. And then when Martin died, we just stopped. The momentum just stopped. We act like we couldn't even go on. We continuously depend on the white man to give us something to do for us. But you know what happened with integration? See, a lot of us got too comfortable (laughs) because we got judgeships, more doctors, more lawyers, more dentists, more scientists. Oh, we got into the plant. We started making money that way. And then we started looking down on one another, especially those who didn't have. Say, oh, I got mine. Why don't you get yours? When I was in law school, Myron Walls, Court of Appeals judge, God rest his soul. He made a statement that has been the mantra of my life ever since I heard it. He said, we are nothing until the least of us is something. Do you hear me? We're nothing until the least of us is something. It's your job, your duty, your obligation to help out your fellow man woman and child. If you say you're a spiritual being, 
why are we letting the memories of Martin and Malcolm live in vain? They done turned over in that grade 200,000 million times. See, I can't believe we're doing this. I can't believe we're here. We just stagnant. Oh. Oh, yeah. Then we start making some money. Then we start peddling that dope. Now, listen, I'm not sitting up here judging anybody. I'm not going to judge. My first cousins were big dope dealers. I'm not going to tell you their names because I ain't putting them out there. So I know that game firsthand. My baby brother, Brian, was murdered for being a part of that game. My best friend. Oh, yeah. I know that game. But see, the problem with that game is that they pit us against one another. Where the government making all the money. The government allowing that to come in. Allowing all the joys to come in. How do you think the Black Panther Party was destroyed? The Black Panther Party in four years from 66 to 70 did more than this country that you ever know. Do you know why the NRA is formed? Do you know why you have your Second Amendment rights? It's because the Black Panther Party in Sacramento went up there bearing arms when Ronald Reagan was governor out in California. Did you know that? So everybody talking about this Second Amendment right. It was the Black Panther Party. Put that together. Oh, you know why you had the WIC program and the after-school programs now? The Black Panther Party set that up. They gave you the blueprint. They don't get credit for that. And what did your own government do? What did the FBI do? J. Edgar Hoover set informants in there. Informants, y'all. To sell dope, to destroy our community. And when he couldn't destroy the community, he linked up with local communities like Chicago and just decided to Shoot a man 60 times while he was asleep. <laughs> That's called Fred Hampton. Check out the movie, Judas and the Black Messiah. You know what I'm talking about. So I ask you, why are we hating on each other? And what has changed? Oh, you guys thought that when Bill Clinton was elected president of the United States that you really had your first black president. I just told you last time that John Hanson was your first black president, the first president of the United States. But what did Bill Clinton do for you? Bill Clinton said three strikes send you out. Okay. 
it disproportionately affected our community and the Latino community. That's what Bill Clinton did. See? Know your history. Oh, and the world, oh my God, the world went crazy. Because when my boy Barack was elected, everybody's expectations went up. They said, oh man, we finally got somebody in this in office like us. Don't you know your expectations were too high? What did you expect him to do? His own party didn't even support him. They called his beautiful wife an ape. They sent people on the White House grounds. And then here's the other thing you got to understand about Barack. Because, you know, people say, well, he was a brother. He's supposed to do this. No. Barack Obama was raised where? In Hawaii by his white grandmother. He went to Harvard. Did he really identify with us? He probably found out he was truly black when he became president of the United States. Because that's when they really let him know. Because remember, when he won, 10 minutes after he won, the guy wasn't even sworn in yet, and they said, Mitch McConnell and the gang said, oh, we're going to make him a one-term president. Well, he didn't do that. And see, Barack didn't always, I mean, there's some policies I didn't like that he did. Like, did you know he cut funding for HBCUs, historically black colleges? Did you know that? Did you know our Obamacare didn't apply to everybody? You see what I'm saying? But here is the tragedy of Barack Obama's presidency that had nothing to do with him, all right? White people went apeshit. They could not stand the fact that a black man was in charge of this country. So what happened? Oh, the shootings started happening. Black men started dying Eric Garner, Tamir Rice. Oh, let's not forget about Trayvon. Trayvon, who was killed by somebody who wasn't even a police officer, just patrolling the neighborhood and saw this black boy as a threat. And he got off. And he got off. What about the ones that haven't been video? You know what Will Smith said? Will Smith said, racism ain't get, isn't getting worse. It's just getting filmed. He's right. Just think, guys. Just think. If Barack Obama wasn't elected, we wouldn't have never had Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump won the election because it was a backlash because we elected Barack. And nobody wanted Hillary. 
But you got to understand something. Hillary Clinton was the most qualified person to ever run for public office. She was a first lady. She was a lawyer. She was a senator. And she was a secretary of state. You don't get more qualified than that. But the hatred that white men have towards people of color put in an undesirable like Donald Trump. Think about that. Think about that. He doesn't care rat's ass about those people. And what are we still doing, y'all? We're still marching. We're still crying. We're still talking about civil rights. We're talking about we got to get together. We got to do this. We got to do that. No. Everybody thought George Floyd was going to change things. Do you know what happened in that case? Derek Chauvin was just a sacrificial lamb. Oh, we got to give him something. But understand, he only got 22 years for murder. 22 years for murder, y'all. And see, the way they justified is that they try to put the black prosecutor up there. You see how they play that? Well, the black prosecutor did it. Like to blame him. No, that's the way the law was. 22 years of killing somebody, which means at some point he gets to go home. Well, maybe if he survives jail, but I'm just saying he gets to go home. People wake up. Racism and prejudice is the foundation of this country. You see it every day. You see the Karens out there. Oh, this black man spoke to me. Oh, I am now, I'm terrified. Black man can't even sit in the park and, and, and watch the birds. Without the black woman saying, oh, I'm terrified. The black guy's next to me. Are you kidding me? We don't want to be terrified. Can you imagine if black people actually stormed the Capitol on January 6th? What would have happened? You know what would happen, right? They wouldn't open doors for us and let us in. Talking about it's a tourist visit. Are you kidding me? And then we have people on TV trying to make sense out of this because they're part of the system. No, black folks, you need to wake up. And and right now, I'm really speaking to my younger brothers and sisters, the millennials, because I, I need to apologize to you. I need to apologize for my generation. See, my generation didn't do what we were supposed to do. We didn't lift you up. We didn't pull you up. We didn't take you with us. We left you out there. And now you got people saying, oh, those kids are crazy. They bad. No, that's our fault. See, the other groups don't do that. The Jewish, the Arabs, the Asians, any other group, they don't do that. They take and lift each other up. They teach the generations after them. They pass it down. We didn't do that. 
So I'm here to say I'm sorry for my generation. But you can do better. You have to do better. It's a must that you do better. See, you got people out there selling you, you know, your vote don't count, so you don't have to go vote. Explain this to me, guys. If your vote doesn't count, why are they working so hard to prevent you from voting? Think about that. You know, in Georgia right now, they passed the law that if I was to go down there and get somebody a bottle of water who's staying in line because it's hot out there and it's long line, if I gave them a bottle of water, they'd charge me with a misdemeanor. Are you kidding me? But give somebody a bottle of water because they stand in the line to vote. You guys need to understand something. You have your history. You have the background. You know what's done happen now. Now there's no excuse. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit back and take it? Or are you going to mobilize together as the strong, united, spiritual force that you are to say, finally, enough's enough? To say you're going to treat us like everybody else should be treated? Or are you going to sit back and do nothing? like we've been doing for 403 years. The time is now. The time is now, guys. It's your world. You can do whatever you want. But if you do nothing, you know what's going to (laughs) happen? You're going to die. That's what doing nothing will cost you. You would die. I'm Professor T. I love you. See you next time. Peace and blessings.